welcome to episode 11 of Fitness Unfiltered. I'm Jocelyn Thompson-Rule and today I'm speaking with Sinead Roberts. Sinead is a biologist and as a student she focused on cell biology and human genetics. She now runs a company, Feed Fuel Perform, which was basically born out of the belief that nutrition is at the heart of optimal performance in both training and in life. So we take a deep dive into the basics of nutrition. We talk about macronutrients, micronutrients, of course, the timing around when you might have your carbohydrate, protein and fat, and of course, the importance of hydration as well. We also cover supplements that have been proven to make a difference. And one might be a bit of a surprise to you. You'll find it in your kitchen cupboard, actually, if you're a a baker of sorts. That was definitely a surprise to me. And I knew of other benefits of this specific supplement, but good to know that you have it in your cupboard and it's not expensive. And we also cover supplements that haven't been proven to make any difference at all. So it's a it's a really interesting conversation around food. And whilst Sinead is a self-confessed science geek, she's also a lover of food as well and and and, and it tasting good. So I really enjoyed this conversation with her and hope you enjoy the show. Hi Sinead, how are you? I'm good, thank you Joss. How are you? Very well, thank you. Very, very well. It's piddling down outside, but I'm going to Spain on Sunday, so I feel good. Oh, fun. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sinead, <laughs> we're driving there though, so that's, that's, that's been a bone of contention for some time, but we'll get there. I'm actually quite excited about it now, but we had to order an AA road kit because who knew you have to have special stuff when you drive to Europe? Really? Yep. High-vis vests, a breathalyzer, what else? First aid kit, obviously. But just a ton of random stuff. But now, now, now that I'm starting to buy a kit, I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty cool. It's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, sorted for every every scenario. That exactly, could exactly. I'm your gal. <laughs> okay, Sinead, tell us a little bit about yourself before we start. So I am currently a nutrition coach, um, founder of uh, Feed Fuel Perform, which is uh, my nutrition coaching business. Um, Formally, um, and hopefully again one day, I uh, was a I was a science biology researcher. Um, so I worked in a lab looking at cell metabolism, so how we kind of convert food into energy and the building blocks for us and response to to the things we do in the day, like training. Um, took a deviation after uh, five, four years in the lab to uh, the corporate finance world uh, for five years. Um, it seemed logical at the time. Um, but really missed the science, um, in particular, obviously the nu- nutrition aspect and, and how we fuel ourselves to perform. Um, mm-hmm. And so about a year ago, started making moves to get back into the science world um, with the nutrition coaching business um, and ultimately, hopefully back into research as well. And then um, fully left the finance world five months ago and I'm all into feed, fuel, perform. Cool. So tell me, um, actually, I, I'm quite interested in just your transition from science to corporate, which is an unusual jump. I know the opposite is is more common. But then you made the decision to go back from corporate to science, I guess. What was that? What was that like? And how did you do it? Because I'm working with, or I've just finished a pilot program at the moment, working with female coaches and some who are actually not yet in fitness, but are transitioning from that corporate world. So I wanted you just to touch upon how you did that. Cause I always find those transitions really interesting. In terms of, I guess, first going from science to the corporate world, the main reason was that I loved my discipline and I loved, I loved 
trying to understand how, how we work as humans. Um, but I, having worked um, quite a lot on my own for four years because of the nature of the lab I was working in um, on the same project, I kind of missed interaction with people. Um, and so ended up in a job that was research analysis conclusion type thing. So similar to science, but in the corporate world, because I thought oh, I'd work with people. Um, but then um, transitioning back from the corporate world to science, um, I initially went part time at work um, for obviously still having a stable income whilst trying to set up the business. Um, and um, but I personally found um, it didn't really work for me um, because I sort of tried to cram five days worth of work into three days um, and therefore spent the other two days kind of monging out staring at the wall. <laughs> yeah. Um, and sort of someone said the word science to me, I'd probably have been like, oh, sorry, what's that? Um, so was then super productive over Christmas when I had three weeks off and just thought, let's jack the job in and see what happens. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so I was lucky enough that I'd saved, saved a bit and um, I have a roof over my head. So um, I, I was able to take that risk and I sort of set myself, um, I sort of said to myself, if, if within 18 months I'm not earning enough to feed myself, um, then we're going to have to rethink the situation. But let's give it a go. So I'm not going to think what if 10 years down the line. Um, and I knew I wasn't happy in the job I was doing. So. Yeah. And that's part of it, isn't it? You've just, you've just got to take the plunge. Like you, you, you're not going to know until you actually do it. A, a colleague of mine, actually, Kim, she was working in finance in one of the top five firms, I think had a great job there. It was, you know, one of the top employees in her uh, department, I guess. And she did the same thing. She, she actually, she didn't, she, she took a full plunge, I think into fitness. she'd kind of been training and she she was she used to write about fitness and so on and then uh she said she was able to take a sabbatical from the company that she was working with which was cool so i guess that was kind of security in itself and then she she then just kind of basically went full on into fitness try, trying to teach a ton of classes just picked up all the work that she could get and i think she's now maybe two and a half years in she's like yeah i've made the right decision and but it's just, I, I'm just always interested in those transitions because so many people are scared to take the leap, which I always think means that you definitely should take the leap if you're a little bit, if you're a little bit scared and excited at the same time, then it's a perfect, yeah. <laughs> it's a perfect <laughs> reason to go for it. Um, but good. So you found, and then obviously, but th then you had, uh, you were working three days, but really that was five days crammed into three. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then obviously then the, the full three weeks off you, you had, then you're like, right, let me go for it. And so how's that working out for you? Are you able to feed yourself, Sinead? Um, I'm just about able to feed myself now, which is awesome, <laughs> um, given how much I love food. Um, basically, <laughs> all parts of my life. Um, so yeah, yeah, no, it's, been, it's actually been awesome. I, I, I do keep having to um, pinch myself that this is my life now and I, and I get to do this I feel very very lucky and, and and very grateful as well I've been lucky enough that quite uh, people have put their faith in me um which uh has just been awesome um and I'll be eternally grateful to those people um uh, like from the people who I first started coaching when I sort of was like can you be my guinea pigs I want to try these things please um uh with sort of a few different things and they were like yeah sure and like you know jumped all in um and, and and that was sort of the start really that's awesome and that's also as well what you have to do you have to kind of trial and try things out and go actually can I actually do this 
before kind of going fully head on into it as well. So, uh, no, very cool. So who are your main kind of clients at the moment, Sinead? Because I know that your, your focus is performance. Yes. Um, so it is mainly, it's mainly CrossFitters. Um, so, so, so a, a weekend warrior to, you know, every, every sort of level of CrossFitter, um, is, my, and that's partly because, um, so I do CrossFit, that's where most of my network is. And I'm lucky enough to have a partnership with, with CrossFit Thames, uh, where I'm the sort of nutrition coach associated with them. Um, and, and also from a scientific perspective, that's where my main interest lies is how you fuel to, to how you fuel to perform well in a, a multidisciplinary sport, um, including recovery. Um, and then I also have a couple of cyclists and, and also I do have a couple of, um, people who don't train at all, um, which is a slightly different, uh, way of thinking in terms of food and fueling as well for their lifestyles where they are not so active and there are different things that they need to focus on. Um, as well okay so and what what are the main things you're looking at when you're working with performance athletes especially as you say and, and that's your interest over multiple disciplines because it's not that you like you're just trying to fuel one type of yeah it's not just all training <laughs> yeah. or yeah yeah so how what what's kind of like your starting point with that so from i i start with there are four areas i i really consider um, so one is obviously how much to eat, um, looking at proteins, fats, and carbs, um, your, your macronutrients. So how do we get the fuel that's going to give you the energy to do what you want to do, but also it's the building blocks for making muscle, recovering muscle, um, turning over all the parts of our body that we, we sweat from and use during exercise. Um, then the, um, Second element it linked very closely to that is when do we eat these things? So what's the best time to eat uh, before and after training through the day? Uh, when should you have carbs, proteins, etc.? Um, the third element is, is micronutrients. Um, of the, 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 the macronutrients, your calories are what give you the energy and the building blocks, but you can't unlock either of those things without the vitamins and minerals and antioxidants to 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 drive all the mechanisms in the body that, that, that enable us to use the energy and, and, and building blocks from food. So it's, okay, what should people be eating to make sure they get the vitamins and minerals and antioxidants that they need? Um, and then hydration, um, because we're essentially one big water tank. Um, and so everything happens in water. So, so, so how, making sure people are drinking enough which is possibly one of the most common things people don't do yeah because people are like oh i hate the taste it's so bland and you're like i couldn't give a damn drink the damn stuff yeah you just sweated all your salt out you really need salt um i know but salt is the devil we were told for years so Okay, so um, let's just elaborate a little bit on on some of those pieces. So, just talk a, a little bit about macros first, Sinead. In terms of actually, brief point on macros first, and then when do we? When would you? When would you suggest we eat various different macros? So uh, macros, so proteins, fats, and carbs are our calories. Um, so carbohydrate is. Uh, primarily a an energy source um so it is the energy source for when we're doing really short explosive what we call anaerobic activity so you know a 
400 meter sprint, um, et cetera. Um, your fats, fats are like your longer term energy source. Um, and they're also important for building the cells of your body and for making sure we can get certain uh, vitamins and minerals that, that only sort of get absorbed within fats. Um, so that, um, and, and fats are definitely not the devil. Um, I think that's still that's still definitely out there, and, and it's definitely it. they're still hanging around somewhere. That was someone said the other day, oh, it's, oh no, it was fine. It was all low fat, and I was like, oh, I don't even think I can be bothered to say anything. <laughs> I can't even be bothered to just try and educate. I'm just going to leave it and be like, awesome, knock yourself out with a low fat whatever. <laughs> Next, <laughs> um, that wasn't a client of mine, by the way. Obviously, I am more conscientious <laughs> of clients. It was just a random. Sorry. Okay. So that was fat. And then, um, yes. Yes. So fat. Um, and then uh, protein, which is, um, uh, which is primarily a building block. Um, and in the context of fitness, obviously we, we think of it primarily in terms of what builds our muscle. Um, obviously it builds, helps build everything, but it's, you know, it's one of the fundamental building blocks of muscle. Um, and it's, it's not really an energy source. Um, if you're using protein for energy, um, it's because you've exhausted everything else. It's like your emergency supply and it tends to come from breaking down muscle in order to provide that energy. So, so we don't want to do that. Um, so we want to be making sure we're eating enough carbs and fats so we don't use protein for energy. So, so yeah, so that's, that's, that's protein. How, how common is that Sinead, do you think like for that to happen? Cause I, I feel like it can happen quite a bit with people just doing too much, not eating too much, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know whether there are any sort of real stats out there, but certainly, um, we, what we know is that a lot of athletes under eat for performance, um, particularly in sports where there is a, a weight element um, and also an aesthetic element. Um, now, your body will partially compensate for that by reducing the energy it uses elsewhere, um, even things simple as you won't fidget as much if you're under eating because you haven't got the energy to do so. Um, but it will mean that you're using protein. Um, so you'll be even if, you're re even if you're eating protein, you're sort of fighting against yourself if you're wanting to build muscle because you will also be breaking down muscle to, to, use, to use it for energy. And we know that in, um, start, uh, we know that in say, um, endurance sports, so if someone's doing sort of an ultramarathon and, and, or an Ironman or something like that where you're, you're exercising for, you know, over four hours, actually uh, protein can become 10 to 15% of your be providing 10 to 15 percent of your energy um to fuel that so so we know it definitely does happen and it happens when you're stressed and fasted and 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 and, and things like that so it definitely does happen and, and and i would say that yeah if you're under eating it it's going to happen to a, to a greater extent okay okay cool thank you okay so when are we looking at eating those various macros in terms of i guess timing and so if you do resistance training so lift weights um etc um you want to be try well uh, everyone wants to be eating protein regularly through the day um particularly if you do resistance training um the reason there are two reasons for that really one is that your body can't store protein so if you don't use it to repair build muscle and cells uh when you have the 
it available to you after eating, your body will will get rid of it. It will convert it into other things like carbohydrates, for example, or, or fats, etc. So you want to be giving your body a, a constant supply of that to, to to help you recover and train. And um, your body after resistance training is primed for higher levels of repair and 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 muscle growth for up to around 24 hours after your training session depending on intensity and volume so if you're giving an enough protein across that time you will see benefits in recovery and 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 growth Um, so yeah so proteins regularly through the day um on rest days and training days um carbohydrates so your you can eat them at any time, but you definitely want to be eating them in the two to four hours before training. Um, so give yourself a, a, a boost. And that's because carbohydrates are your primary energy source um, for doing anaerobic activity. And it's still a, a primary energy source for high intensity aerobic activity. So it tends to be your longer duration, breathing heavy stuff. Um, and... So by taking it in in that period of time, it gives it time, the carbohydrates time to get to your muscles um, so that you can use it um, and also give enough glucose in your blood to, to fuel the initial, initial amount of, uh, of uh, training and exercise. And then immediately following training as well, you want to be getting replenishing everything you've just used up. So taking in, uh, taking in carbohydrates sort of, you know, within 30 to 60 minutes of training. Uh, and the exact amount depends, you know, the intensity of your training session, how big you are, whether you're a guy or a girl, your age and things like that. But th- there are general principles to go by. And then the rest of your carbohydrates, you just want to spread through the day. So, you know, you don't end up with an energy crash at 10 p.m. or whatever. Sure, sure. Okay, cool. So you would still have those, say, through, you still have your carbs at breakfast and at dinner, for example, but you would, what's the word I'm looking for? You would spike them if you like. Yeah, you would really concentrate them. That's what I'm looking for. You would concentrate them around your your training session. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're if you're not training on a given day, are you are you cha- how are you you're just then spreading those yeah, I tend to spread evenly them. throughout the day. Yeah, spread it evenly through the day. Um, if you're say taking a rest day, but you are going to be training again the next morning, um, I will typically have something that's higher in carbohydrate in the evening. Um, so I might have more of my carbs in the evening, just because then that's going to help keep my um, my glycogen, so your carbohydrate stores, um, topped up, ready for ready for ready for the next day. Perfect, ready for the next day. Yeah, a friend of mine. Cat, she was she was having her nutrition looked after, and I remember her saying, "I can just eat so many carbs at night time, and I feel amazing, and I'm training really well." It was like this revelation for her, so she was very happy to hear that. So, okay, cool. And then the the last one, fats. So fats. Um. So no one's really looked at them in terms of whether there's optimal timing, um, because we always use fat as kind of the filler food, if you like. So the way. Um, the way I use fat and recommend using fat is is just to spread it as you like through the day, um, except just before and just after training. So where we're spiking our carbohydrates and also getting a protein source in the two to four hours before training and immediately after, that's the only times when you don't want high fat. And the reason for that is that fat takes longer to digest. 
So if you have a high fat meal before you train, um, you may be sick um, because you, you're, 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 the food is still going to be in your stomach and you're not going to get the benefit um, of those carbohydrates and, and that protein getting to your blood and into your muscles. Um, and similarly, following training where you really quickly want to get protein and carbs to, to your blood and to your muscles. If you've got fat there, it's going to sit in your stomach for longer. Um, so but other than that, yeah. So I say I tend to say to people, um, if you tend to have, um, you don't have as many carbs in the morning because actually you have an awful lot around training, maybe up your fats then so you don't get hungry. Um, I kind of, kind of can be used a bit as a filler like that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. So moving on then to micronutrients, what do we need to do? How do we get those micros in, Janaid? <laughs> Um, to sound boring and and very much like standard guidelines, um, variety is is you know variety is the spice of life and all that. And so yeah, and uh, essentially you want to be eating um, a variety of whole unprocessed foods that are as close to their natural state as possible and have were in that natural state not very long ago either. Um, so, so what I mean by that is that, you know, fruit and veg that is, um, hasn't been stored for two months before getting to the supermarket, if at all possible, because micronutrients are lost um, during, during st- transportation and storage. Uh, fruit and veg that is the, all the colours under the sun, um, because a number of the vitamins and minerals are what help give food its colour. So, you know, the more variety you get, the more you can be reassured of getting the full spectrum. Um, and the same with, you know, meats and fish, uh, good quality meats and fish they are what they're made of in the same way that we are what we are made of. So if they've been fed well and a good quality, then they're going to have enough stuff uh, in their meat that we then eat and, and the things like that. So, um, yeah, so so getting the full spectrum just by eating a variety of foods that, that are not highly processed because processing, again, loses vitamins and minerals. Um, so, so they're the general guidelines. And you can't go too far wrong if you do that. Um, then obviously for athletes, um, particular things to be conscious of getting are um, sort of magnesium, sodium and potassium, um, which are three minerals that um, are lost in sweat. Uh, so you're sweating bucket loads. You definitely need to replace those. Um, so um, and magnesium is also nature's chill pill. So it'll help your your muscles and recovery, which is why people take Epsom salt baths. That's actually magnesium. So things like avocado. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, do you, would you recommend like any specific foods for that, or would you? Because I do take magnesium glyconate, not all the time, but sometimes. And then for sodium, will I'll salt my food, and then. But yeah, sorry, you go ahead with with the ones that. Oh yeah, no, as I say, um, for magnesium, great sources are things like avocado, almonds, dark chocolate, pumpkin seeds, um, things like that are, re- are really good sources of it. Um, so they are excellent, excellent bedtime snacks as well for, you know, nature before sleep. Uh, avocado chocolate mousse. Yeah, I was going to say, tuck into some avocado before bed. Yeah, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, so potassium and, um, uh, and sodium are the others. So, yeah, salting your food. Again, potassium, bananas are, are a really good source. Um, so that's a great thing. That's a great way to get your carbs in post-training as well. Um, have a banana replenish your replenish your your, your uh, potassium and, and and your carbs at the same time um and 
um yeah a lot of uh Generally, fruit, fruit and vegetables in general, uh, you got you get a lot of potassium from from things like banana and pineapple and things like that. So, okay, because even though, like even though you were saying that it's a, a really boring thing to say that variety is key, I still don't think people do have enough variety. You know, people can kind of stick to what they what they like, and then they don't really go beyond that. And I'll admit myself that you know, there's definitely stuff like we go to the farmer's market every Sunday and now it's amazing because there's so much more on offer just because of the season that we're in but you know you do kind of go back slowly to the you know the things that you like so I do try and experiment with fruit and veg all the time but I I do think like I said I'm guilty of it too that you kind of have your favorites that you that you kind of sink back into what are your thoughts very quickly on fruit and veg some people are like uh fruit's the devil others like don't be ridiculous so give it to me girl what do you think i think both are important uh just to sit on the fence uh, no um so obviously i i mean the thoughts around the uh the fruit is the devil obviously comes from uh sugar being the devil and all that jazz um and Obviously, yes, um, fruits are going to um, spike your blood glucose, which is the issue with sugar um, or the primary issue, the starting trigger of the issue with sugar um, faster than a lot of vegetables. But in the grand scheme of things, they are so good for you and it's not going to spike your blood sugar as fast as processed refined sugar uh, like a tablespoon of sugar in your tea because that that sugar is in the is a different type of sugar it's in the context of the fiber from the fruit um the um all the the robust cellular structure of the fruit um and you're going to be getting an absolute shed ton of micronutrients as well so i definitely don't think fruit is 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 the devil do i think people should get should only eat fruit and no vegetables absolutely not um because a they're going to be missing out on loads of micronutrients and and of course you want to have some of the more complex carbohydrates that you get from vegetables um as well as the 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 more sugary ones that you get from fruits um so i think it's all about balance and 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 i definitely think you know don't just eat fruit and and what i what i say is apart from as i said before kind of you know immediately before and after training when you want to only really be eating proteins and carbs um try and eat proteins fats and carbs together um because that's going to give you the the long most sustained energy because you're going to get the more steady release of 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 nutrients in including glucose into your blood so you know have a banana with a full fat greek yogurt or something like that um you know as a snack and then you get the best of all well sounds good sounds good i remember um years and years and years ago before i kind of knew anything really about food and nutrition and anything like that i was feeling a bit peckish so i went and bought a, a big box of grapes and uh and obviously wolfed them down in one go and then like half an hour later i was like damn like i'm still hungry what the hell and I got this guy that I was talking to, and he was like, that's because you just ate a pack of grapes without anything else. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, cheers. And then that was probably the first time I was like, oh, let me look into this food thing. That was a long, long time ago, by the way, people, a long time ago. Food stuff. <laughs> yeah, that, that's definitely not the case now. But okay, and then so your fourth piece was hydration. Hydration, yes, um, which is, yeah, like I said, we're we're all just sort of one big 
water glute encased in a body um and water is fundamental for everything and and like a two a two percent so you tend to actually feel thirsty when you're already one to two percent dehydrated um and you already have an impact on your performance both athletic performance but also cognitive performance in life like you know a lot of people who do train heavy still have you know office jobs and things like that um and you've already got an, a negative impact on performance by the time you're two percent dehydrated so you really want to make sure you're hydrated at all times otherwise you're not going to perform your best and you're not going to recover your best um you're you know you're you're your blood is what takes everything around your body to make you feel good. And it's going to be fighting a losing battle when there isn't enough volume there. Um, so they, so on <laughs> water's that possibly, I think the hardest one to know what, whether you're taking enough of from a, if you were going on a gram for gram or milliliter for milliliter basis, because obviously it depends how much you're sweating in the day, how much your body's doing. So, so the more calories you're burning, the more water you're using. So the more you're needing to replace it. Um, but there is the rule of thumb where if your pee's clear, then it's good. And if it's not clear, then you should drink more. So that's always one. And it's just easy for everyone to monitor, isn't it? So I've always said, yep, if your pee is clear by kind of lunchtime, then you're pretty good. good to go. Yeah, exactly. I have to say for me with water, and I remember reading, um, I'm sure I've said this before in a previous um, episode, but a guy called Dan John from uh, the States in his book, Never Let Go, which is a great book and I'd recommend it to anyone. He says that that water is one of the greatest anabolic anabolics he knows of. And I, I know if I'm doing like, if I'm training really, let's say if I'm doing even two a days, for example, so I'm lifting, I'm just doing everything. I will drink four to five liters of water. No problem. Like I just like, I need it. 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 Obviously when, I, when I'm not training as much, I don't drink as much, but it is the one thing that I'm like, I need so much of yeah. this stuff when I'm training hard. So it's just, yes, yeah, it's, it's so and important. We don't think of it. Um, drink yes. more water, drink people. Water. Stop being like, eh, it doesn't taste nice. Add lemon or whatever. Right, I don't just, know. Just, just get it in cheese. your nose. Just drink it. <laughs> yeah just drink the damn stuff it's free for god's yeah. sake it runs from exactly. a exactly but it is so true i, I need to look <laughs> that book up i like this guy already <laughs> yeah 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 no he's very cool he's really very old school and yeah i really really like his stuff i'll actually i'll just bring it into the gym because oh, i can, I can um, we've got it here on the shelf okay and then supplements what are your thoughts on supplements oh yes oh, oh can i say one more thing on hydration actually oh yeah sure of course sorry which is, no 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 so i just came to my head and um which comes back to the salt point which is that water on its own isn't hydrating um so you need to have salts as well so like we were sort of saying before um you know there's still the the view that salt is the devil but um if you are training you need salt so if you train load load your food with salt after um and then you'll be hydrated yeah yeah, no, no, very good point. Sorry, that's my, uh, that's no, my no, you're fine. No, 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 but that's a re- that's a super important point. Okay, so yes, yeah, supplements. Supplements. Thought. Um, so, um, I guess my primary thought is they are they are what they then their very name is. They're a supplement. So, um, taking supplements should never replace a balanced diet. Um, and you know your variety in your fruit and veg and meat, etc. However, um. There can be situations where um, either a supplement is going to 
directly enhance your um, athletic performance. Um, it is a known in performance enhancer, um, legal, hopefully. You know, <laughs> we're only talking about supplements related. We can talk you. about the illegal <laughs> stuff when we start this morning. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes i speak before i before i think <laughs> and, then, and then there and, and um, um but then there are also things where um and particularly in in people you know if we're talking sort of competitive and elite athletes who are training and needing to take in a really high amount of calories etc to perform at their best and you know sweating loads and sweating out loads of minerals and, and vitamins actually supplements are the way to make sure that they get what they need um in order to, to even just taking calories without having to eat 24 hours a day or you know stay up late so that they don't eat just before training and things like that um so, and I think um, as with as with most things in the fitness industry, there are some very proven uh, supplements, and then there are a number of supplements that, whilst they may be very popular, do not necessarily have the robust scientific evidence to support them. Which is not to say they may not in the future, but they certainly currently don't, and and so maybe actually shouldn't be loading up on them when we're not quite sure yet sure what they do yeah so so what are the goodies and what are the ones that there's not much research behind so far so the goodies are um protein um so um obviously that is a macronutrient as well but you know people take whey and they take casein um as protein Mm -hmm. supplements your Mm whey is your fast digesting protein so so it's the one to take post-workout um to Mm -hmm. it and and that has been proven time and time and time again that if you take whey or and other analogous protein sources, so complete protein sources, which means that they contain all of the amino acids that we can't make ourselves mm-hmm. um, after after resistance training, it will support strength and um, and, and muscle growth um, mm-hmm. over and above not taking it. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, and then um, the other main protein supplement is is casein Mm -hmm. which is um a slow digesting protein um so it's the one that people take before they go to bed um so that actually they get a release of protein across the night so they don't uh lose that 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 uh proteins delivery to their to their their blood and muscles overnight um and the reason it's slow digesting is because it, it curdles when it hits your stomach. I like telling people this because they tend to go, ooh. Uh, it curdles <laughs> when it hits your stomach, so, so it takes longer to empty from it. Um, okay. but, yeah. Nice. <laughs> but it tastes like delicious if you get the flavoured stuff, <laughs> which is obviously full of additives, but never mind. Um, so, so, yeah, so, so they're, they're, pro- they're the two most studied and, and most proven, I suppose. Um, uh, creatine um, is... Uh, so, so the next two, two most popular, most studied and published and supported by sports societies across the world are creatine and caffeine. So creatine is um, the, the, the little known energy system. So immediately when you start to do work, so say when you just pick up that heavy, that, you know, you lift that heavy weight for the first time, you start an all out sprint. Actually, the first thing that supplies energy is is uh, the what's known as the phosphagen pathway. So it's the pathway where essentially creatine is instead of carbohydrate, creatine is the fuel. Um, and we we make creatine ourselves. That's where most of our 
without supplementation, that's where most of the creatine in our body comes from. But for whatever reason, and quite odd, I guess, maybe in nature's terms, we're never at full capacity. We never make quite as much as our muscles could store. So if we supplement, we can increase those levels and therefore we can create more energy and therefore we perform better. Um, and creatine not, um, has that impact on initial performance um, and it also feeds into muscle growth as well, um, partly probably because if you're able to push faster, you're obviously giving your muscles more of a stimulus. So that will also give them a strength and growth stimulus, but also because of other effects that um, creatine has on carbohydrate storage. Um, so it improves carbohydrate storage in the muscle. Um, and again, that all has a positive feedback on being able to do more work and therefore grow more and, and various other things as well. Um, so that's definitely, um, definitely a proven supplement. What I would say is that creatine is one of those ones. Get the basic stuff, creatine monohydrate. It's cheap. You can't really go wrong with it. Um, and it is the most, it's the proven as the most effective and the most fast absorbing variety. Um, there are quite a lot of fancy creatines out there. Um, none of them, um, not a single one, has robust evidence behind it that it is any better than creatine monohydrate. And some of them actually, there's evidence that actually it's not quite as good. Um, so definitely um, just good old basic cheap creatine monohydrate there. Um, and then caffeine. Um, we all know caffeine gives us a buzz and it gives you a buzz in performance as well. It's great. Um, so, yeah, so, so caffeine, three to nine migs per kilo um, is the recommended uh, uh, dosage for, for a performance-enhancing effect, um, sort of half an hour to 90 minutes before exercise. Um, it's a massive range, three to nine, to nine milligrams, but that's yeah. actually because people have... Yeah, no, it's like, do I take three or do I take triple that? Um, <laughs> who knows? Um, but people are very, very differentially sensitive to caffeine. Like, you know, some people who can have caffeine, like, you know, 11 p.m. at night and be out like a light asleep half an yeah, hour later. That, that's not me. Yeah, no, <laughs> I 11 a.m. in the morning, I still have trouble sleeping. <laughs> so if you're, if, you're one of, if you're one of those, the, the people who can sleep straight after, maybe go for a higher dose. Uh, and it, 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 maybe don't take nine mix, just <laughs> Yeah, like, yeah. I'll, I think I'll, I'll leave off that. Yeah, is <laughs> that like sometimes I've been at competitions and I won't name the the brand, but there's a drink that's got quite a bit of caffeine in it, and I'll be sipping it throughout the day. And flipping hell, I just by the end of the day, I'm just like, oh my god, somebody take this shit out of my system. I can't. Deal. I'm just buzzing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. it's um. Yeah, but yeah, it definitely makes you as long as you don't take so too much that you're so jittery, you don't fall flat yeah. on your face or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah exactly. Performance um, but they um, over nine mg per kilo, you can end up with levels in your wee that um, trigger that would trigger a doping test. So um, okay, oh wow, gosh, there is actually a limit um, in there certain jurisdictions. Who knew? Wow, yeah, I didn't it, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, so because it is, it is proven. It's a proven performance enhancer. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Of course, for various other reasons uh, as well as performance enhancement. Um, taking too much is uh, considered doping in certain jurisdictions. Well, the, the the one the one competition that I was referring to actually it was just a disaster in total. Really, I, I myself and Hannah we competed Hannah who you know Hannah Rogers competed at yeah, a yeah. competition in Sweden called Torso Twisted and it was a pairs competition 
we when I was packing all my kit and obviously you know you're you're packing maybe a couple of outfits for each day because you know what you're doing you might be filthy you might be sweaty and obviously we wanted we wanted to match because you know why why would you call it's like I'm sending Hannah pictures the night before of like this sports bra with this sports bra is this gonna go well and uh And and I was, and I thought I'm not going to pack my running shoes, and because I'm missing, I can talk about this now because I revealed this truth on the, the last podcast I recorded. But I'm actually missing the big toe on my left foot because it was amputated when I was seven. And uh, look oh. at me being all out and proud about it now. Woo! Yeah. Got to thank Laura Faulkner for that. So I have to like I can't really I have to really kind of run in running shoes. I know that there are some shoes like that you know you can kind of do a little bit of everything in but just because of the weakness in my foot like I have to specifically run in running shoes. So I was nearly going to pack my Nike running freeze which I love but I didn't. I was like we're not going to have a run. We're not going to need to run anyway. We did and it was it was it was three K which from my foot was just a bit too long. Oh, no. uh, and it was a it was a, yeah. a um a pairs run. And we were like, let's just take it pacey and then we're gonna go for it at the end because we can both kind of, you know, sprint okay and stuff. And it was just about two hundred meters before the end and we're running and Hannah's like, Right, let's go for it. I heard ping and so I'm like, Oh god, I've got a cramp. I thought it was a cramp. Then it turned out I'd actually torn my soleus muscle, which I didn't oh. know at the time. I just thought I had a Ow. cramp. So anyway, we came second <laughs> in this damn, in this Good damn job. run. Good we would have won the damn thing anyway. And all weekend long, I didn't know that I didn't know that I had this torn calf. I just thought it was like a tight muscle or whatever. Um, so I'm in there, you know, getting massages on it and stuff, wolfing back the neurofen. And I generally don't take painkillers so I was taking Nurofen drinking these caffeine drinks then and at the time I was taking I was measuring my HRV for me I kind of I kind of tried it out and I kind of I kind of like HRV and HRV for those of you that don't know it's a way of kind of testing whether your body is sort of ready to train each day which is based around your your heart rate, which you take when you when you your heart rate variability, even when you wake up. So I think it was a Sunday morning, and and I said to Hannah, I'm just going to test it. It was like red, red, red. Don't train, don't train. Oh. I had this stinking cold, so my body was just full of just caffeine, oh, no. neurofen. I tore the muscle with adrenaline, adrenaline, and it was just a nightmare. But anyway, we had a great time. <laughs> <laughs> that was my high caffeine it was memorable experience i'm sure if i had been tested i would have been over the limit in the u.s <laughs> anyway i digress i digress so were they they were they so you have the casein and whey creatine and yes, caffeine and yeah were there any more caffeine, yeah so other ones that um, are proven are, um, interestingly, baking soda. Oh, um, I did not know this. So, so, yes, sodium bicarbonate. Um, actually, if you look on the side of quite a lot of electrolyte drinks, they contain sodium bicarbonate. Um, not always at the levels uh, sufficient for, for its purpose. But, um, but yeah, they, they, do, they do. So they, they sneak it in there. And a lot of pre-workout does as well. Um, so sodium bicarbonate is... Um, good for um, your anaerobic activity. So again, your two to 10 minute sprint lungs on the floor gasping type um, type activity. Um, so classic competition stuff um, because it you, the burn you get 
Um, so you know that uh, what we people call the lactate, yeah. lactate burns, coughing like you smack twenty a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All my body is on fire. Yeah. Um, that's because of the acid, the acidic ions uh, in your in your blood. And what sodium bicarbonate does, it's an alkali. It buffers that, um, so it's uh, it can help you push harder because you're not getting that stop, stop, yeah. stop. I need um, some of that. Uh, <laughs> out from everything. My body's in stuff, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just chill here. <laughs> so, um, so, so yeah, so it helps you push harder. So, so that's that's um, you can either take it um, daily, sort of leading up to when you're doing this type of activity, or you can take sort of a big dose just before you okay. train. Okay, I did not know this. Okay, so you could kind of how much? Obviously, because anything that means that I will feel less pain appeals to me. So if I, I, <laughs> if I was to take it daily, let's say, let's say if it was pre-competition, how much are we talking? So we're talking about five grams twice a day for five days leading up to a competition. Okay, cool. Good to know. And then immediately, would you take, would you then take more beforehand or just kind of that you've kind of put enough in your system at that stage? So the research... um, What's the max hit I can get here? (laughs) So if you do that, you probably, the the research doesn't show any more benefit from then taking another dose. um, Overdosing. Okay. (laughs) Overdosing on bacon, foaming at the mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Um, or you can take 0.3 grams they all the research shows if you take like 0.3 grams per kilogram of body weight for sort of in the sort of the hour to hour and a half before you want to kill yourself um not literally just you know sure in a a training (laughs) way we know we know then that's that that seems to be equally as effective Okay, awesome. God, I did because I know that because I use sometimes randomly, and I just recently did a piece. I think it was for Grazia magazine, and we, you had to kind of talk about what beauty products you use. And I'm a bit of a basic girl when it comes to beauty. Like I'm like coconut oil. You know, I don't really use like that many kind of products or whatever. And uh, I was talking about like coconut oil and baking soda. I'll often use as a deodorant. And also, uh, yeah, baking soda for brushing your teeth as well. Baking baking soda is is has got a lot of really really cool properties. So and now I'm going to feel less pain. But I love to order a whole whole packet of baking soda. Are you having a bacon weekend? Nope. Just using it. No, no. Just about to do a tough workout. Cheers. Okay, cool. So baking soda, who knew? Anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else have we got? Um oh HMB. Um, which is um so it is um a metabolite, so something that's made from leucine, which is um possibly one of our favorite amino acids. Um so for anyone that doesn't know leucine Hail to the leucine. Yeah, it activates leucine's kind of the so protein makes us build muscle um and one of the signaling part one of the sort of triggers to say build you've got enough protein to build muscle um leucine sort of tells your body that so it's one of the amino acids in protein yeah and it's one of the some other people may know it more commonly as one of the branch chain amino acids yeah bcaa's one of my other favorite topics um and then um (laughs) we'll get to that later (laughs) yeah that that one's going um so it's it helps um, uh, build it, it bleh, 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 if I can speak. Um, so when you're, if you resistance train, so again, lift weights, um, it, 
it's by taking that as again, it's increased muscle mass and strength. So there's no um, performance enhancement per se, but it's a muscle mass and strength, which obviously is then going to help you uh, perform better. I was going to say, because say with creatine, for example, I know that you can get quite, you can feel quite bloated if you take it. Is it the same with HMB or no? Um, no, actually almost the opposite. So um, I'm not, I have to admit there are some elements of um, HMB's function that I w- can't even, I'm not sure of the mechanisms for, I just sort of know the outcome. Um, but it's sort of been shown um, in n- numerous different types of athletic populations and ages um, and sort of trained athletes and untrained people um, that you actually get um, a loss of fat mass. Um, uh, so, so you feel more lean anyway. Obviously, creatine isn't making you feel, isn't adding fat mass, it is making you leaner overall, but you feel bloated because of water in the muscle um, but yeah no so, so there doesn't seem to be that with HMB okay okay cool awesome any more on the on the goodies on the goodies what else have we got uh, I mean I think that's I think I think the the yeah, amount that you've fun. given is good I'm not I'm not saying buy me some more immediately Sinead what else can I take I just wanted to make sure that you, that you, that you felt you had covered it all actually so whilst we're on it actually do you want to should we quickly talk about BCAAs and then we can go on to the stuff that you said hasn't had any proven benefits but people are are taking it Yes, sure. Um, so, so BCAAs are um, so branch chain amino acids are the three the th- are three amino acids um, of which leucine is 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 one and, and possibly the most important um, biologically speaking. And people take them because um, it is claimed that it helps build muscle mass and strength um, and also um, helps reduce fatigue. Um, If we actually look at the research um, of BCAAs in comparison to whole proteins such as whey, um, and actually we look at the research itself, um, a lot of the claims are based on um, looking at measures of of how quickly amino acids are taken up into muscle um, uh, in response to, to, to it taking BCAAs and also the rate of protein synthesis in muscle. Um, and whilst both of those things immediately you would think translate into more muscle, they actually don't necessarily. Um, and so, and actually to, uh, and so a lot of the evidence, it isn't complete. It doesn't actually show um, a, a strength benefit or a muscle mass benefit directly from BCAAs. Um, often, uh, some of these studies actually BCAAs are given in the context of whole protein. Um, so, so you might get a little bit extra of them, but actually you're already giving a protein dose and or a carbohydrate dose. Um, so actually it's not necessarily the BCAAs themselves. And then when people look more carefully, they don't really see a differential. Um, and also, which kind of makes sense. So Um, we can look at it in two ways. So one, to build muscle, you need all the amino acids. So giving BCAAs alone, if you don't have enough of the other amino acids, isn't going to help you build muscle. Um, Like it it just physically can't. Um, Also, um, a lot of people talk about BCAAs um, are beneficial to muscle growth um, in the, if you're fasted. So even you, you can still build muscle. Well, actually, if we look at the growth pathways that leucine, so the the muscle growth pathways that leucine activates, actually, if you don't have enough sugar and other nutrients, 
those growth pathways are immediately shut off. So, so it's actually not going it, it to, it, it's not going to help you, you grow muscle and, and there, there just, there isn't the robust evidence to, to support it. Um, yes, they're absolutely important. BCAAs are really important. Leucine is fundamentally important. However, it's not enough alone. Um, and on the fatigue point, um, the evidence is just inconsistent. Um, so I think a lot more needs to be done. Um, so the reason they say, um, so one of the, the, the reasons, which is quite interesting, actually, they say that, that, that BCAAs help reduce fatigue is that BCAAs and, um, and, and, and tryptophan um, are both taken into the brain by, in the same way, and they compete to be taken into the brain. Tryptophan is a precursor for serotonin, which is thought to promote central nervous system fatigue in exercise. So one of the theories is that if you increase the level of branched chain amino acids, you're going to get more branched of chain amino acids into the brain and less tryptophan, therefore less central nervous system fatigue. Um, but actually, the, when they've actually done the studies, there isn't really the evidence to, to support that theory, at least not as yet. Um, so some studies in, in, in rats support it, some don't. Um, and and that there's some evidence that there may be some sort of dose dependent response, but that's not even yet really been proved in animal models, let alone sort of humans kind of thing. Um, right. Okay. So I, I would always say that that you what's proven is carbs and protein as a, as a whole um, for mm-hmm. for muscle mass and strength and for fatigue. Try and get some sleep and eat well. Is <laughs> is a, a more proven uh, more more proven yeah proven proven benefit. And also, so for me personally, with leucine, I just felt so. I start, I think God, a long time ago again, but I started taking branch chains, and then don't ask me how I just then switched to leucine, but I did, and I think I was probably maybe was reading up on it or whatever. But I just found like I was just less sore, like I recovered better when I was having leucine taking it and that could be as well because if you if you're already taking in um i'm just hypothesizing here um but um, if you're already if, if you've got as well enough carbs and and protein leucine can be giving you that additional boost to um i guess maxim maximally activate those pathways that are going to help recovery and hypertrophy as well so it's definitely it's definitely absolutely vitally important and actually that that's that can be one area where sometimes um, if you don't eat meat, because um, you can struggle because leucine's um, more at higher levels and in bio, more bioavailable in animal products than, than vegetable proteins. Um, so um, it's definitely absolutely fundamentally important. Um, yeah, I just wouldn't take it in isolation, I, I guess. Okay, cool. And also, I just want to throw this in as well. I know not everybody that listens to this podcast is a performance athlete, for example. So what I also do want to say is that we're, we're talking about supplementation right now. I think that if you are somebody that enjoys going to work out maybe three or four times a week because you like how it makes you feel and you, you like the feeling of getting stronger and, and, and feeling fitter, you probably don't need to worry about any of the stuff that we've just spoken about in terms of supplementation, you just have to think about the original four pieces that, that Sinead was talking about, which was, you know, how much you're eating when you eat it, looking at micronutrients and also looking at hydration. So you don't need to be like 
googling Lucene like should I be <laughs> taking this spending my entire spending money for the month on something I know and, everyone, and everyone's and everyone might be like oh this HMB stuff sounds quite good I might get leaner and let me try that <laughs> so don't worry about any of that get sleep yeah get sleep try not to be too stressed yeah. eat vegetables exactly and yeah. then you're good to go okay and actually I'd, I'd almost say that for a lot of people that train actually because I think and, and this is something I speak about quite a lot as well is that we can kind of get caught up in all of the hacks but just getting the basics right that was something I spoke with Laura Faulkner about in the last episode you know sleep eating right like they're golden like you cannot you just can't like you can't compete with that in terms of anything else that's going to make your body feel feel better and, and perform better even just on a daily basis on a you know cognitive level do you know what I mean let alone if you're then training or pushing your body yeah exactly absolutely and they're all I think they're all interlinked as well like you know I always think about it in terms of like nutrition a is not in isolation and it's just one pillar like nutrition stress sleep movement be it training or just going for a long walk like they're all so interlinked and so important and and I think you focus too much on one versus another you're never going to be truly healthy, you know. Yeah, and even, um, I don't know if you've heard of Katie Bowman. She's, one of her books is Move Your DNA. She's written a few. But her whole point is actually this whole going to the gym for one hour and working out and then basically sitting down for the rest of the day. Like, that's not cool. (laughs) Like, she's like, move throughout the day, people. Like, that's what we were designed to do. But anyway, all of that is a work in progress, as ever. Active couch potatoes. That's how I remember someone describing describing yeah. us. Uh, uh, there was quite a few of us in the office uh, when I used to work in the office who would obviously would train in the morning, but then yeah, sit down for the next twelve hours. Uh, so so we were coined active couch <laughs> potatoes, which is very complimentary. Moving on then to the non-proven supplements. All those funny things. Uh, yeah, non-proven. So. Um, Obviously, we've already covered sort of BCAAs, um, the uh, as having sort of you know some benefits, but not necessarily everything that that, that is said. Um, taking ATP, um, so ATP is actually the energy that fuels our muscles to move. That's what our food is ultimately converted into. Um, it's inconclusive. Um, there have been been that many studies done with enough people to show whether actually giving direct energy does give um, a performance boost in in sort of um, short or long duration um, activity. Um, so I think the jury's still out on that. So definitely say hold your horses and, and watch for more. There um, is what else? Um, so other things, um, glycerol. Um, so, uh, some people take glycerol cause it's reported to help hydration status, um, because they say it helps retain water. Um, there just isn't the evidence to support it. Um, um, another one people quite often take is arachidonic acid, um, ARA. Um, that's, that's actually one where, um, I'd almost, evidence sort of cautions against it even not even just that you're wasting your money and it's actually pro-inflammatory um so obviously particularly if you're training um sort of promoting further inflammation is is not necessarily going to be something you want um so at all um so so that's that's almost a slightly worrying one um 
taurine actually taurine obviously being really popular component of um sort of pre-workout and things like that um there actually isn't um there there isn't any more strong evidence for versus against um in humans that it has that it has a performance enhancing effect um what other things have we got? Um, medium chain triglycerides, MCTs. That's another one that I think is increasingly popular um, these days. Um, so what they are, um, so they are normally um, fats are what we call long chain. Um, and these are, these are shorter. Um, now, what unlike normal fats if you like for want of a better word um these um readily enter into our cells and into our um mitochondria so the uh, energy producing elements of our cells um for for aerobic activity um and into the cycle that then produces the energy um and so people say well if you take them you're going to enhance your ability to perform aerobic exercise because you've got um a, a, this super rapid great energy source um but actually it's not been shown that 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 you get any performance enhancement whatsoever from taking them and a lot of people put it in their bulletproof coffee as well don't yeah because that's going to help you you know fire <laughs> up the day and run a marathon but um certainly the, ev- <laughs> the evidence now this isn't to say someone won't prove it in the future just there is currently no evidence uh, to support it or very yeah no no no, no strong evidence um they interestingly though they are because they're shorter they digest faster so if you um if you are having fats closer to a workout um then they are if you're if you have to have some but yeah they're, they're the ones to have because they will digest faster so like coconut um is is one uh, so that's um primarily medium chain triglycerides um what else have we got what else do people take um carnitine people take um uh because um it carnitine does have a role in fat metabolism um no no evidence to show that it is a performance enhancing um arginine as well from a performance enhancement perspective um there um again people take it but there isn't um and and they also take it for um, uh, sort of saying it enhances muscle mass and strength, but there just really isn't the evidence there. Um, they're probably the main ones that I can think of that people take um, for performance enhancement. You mentioned it earlier, beta alanine as a oh, pre-workout. Yes, that is a proven one. Um, so beta alanine, yes, that is that that is a performance enhancement one actually. That is, and that is proven. Okay, but I have a question about that. So I used to take it and then I started getting, you may not know that, not know what this is and I might just be weird, but I'm going to roll with it. I started getting cracked lips, like the corners of my lips started to crack. So I just had to, and I was like, what is that? And then I realized it was that. And then so stopped taking it and then tried it after a while. So I don't, so whatever is in it, because my body can be just a little bit sensitive around, like, like I said, I don't take neurofen or anything because my body's just a bit like, what is this? Get it out except when I tear a muscle and I'm high on caffeine. But, um, but like even, <laughs> things, <laughs> even things like whey, like for me, it's a little bit too, pardon me for saying this, but phlegm producing and so on. So I'll try and have like a vegan protein instead. So I just find that's a little bit easier. So my body's a little bit like, oh, what's this to, to a lot of things, which I, guess is, which I guess isn't a bad thing. But yeah, that was just the reaction that I had to that. So random. 
I have to admit, I don't, I, 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 I'm, I don't, you don't know. know why I'm um, such a weirdo. Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no I don't know. But I, was just like, I can tell you, I can tell you what it does. Um, yeah, so, tell, so, me what, so, tell me what I'm missing out on now. <laughs> no, no. Um, so, I, so we take beta alanine because it um, helps make carnosine. And I'm, I was just trying to think about the roles of carnosine and whether they could lead to cracked lips. But um, I, I, I don't know Look enough about that. Look at you about, in your science brain. your brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, oh, could that could it be that? Could it be that? Um, but no, so so carnosine, um, it helps buffer acid again. Um, and it, it's also an antioxidant. Um it's a, it collates metals as well and 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 helps regulate certain enzymes in calcium. So maybe it's something to do with one of those. I don't know. And like metals in your skin i'm not sure i'm not sure I'm gonna look yeah this up yeah now. or would it be like because i've got and this is something that i kind of read about again years ago i have mercury tooth fillings ah. would that be it i don't know am i just clutching straws here i don't know i really want to look this up though I kind of think it really yeah because I've, I've always I've, I've read about having them removed but to but and just getting them replaced with kind of non-toxic fillings seemingly you have to have it done by like a, a dentist who's qualified in the removal of that so that it that, so that the oh, so it doesn't leak uh, so it doesn't leak into your system yeah so I did ask my dentist about it and he's like yeah sure we do that and I didn't have the heart to say to him can you show me your certificate <laughs> so I was like okay good to know thanks bye <laughs> without saying I don't trust you um please yeah, poisoning <laughs> But yeah, that's another, yeah, hopefully I'll, I'll get that done at some stage. I can look that up. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is the other one. That one, it sort of helps buffer um, in skeletal muscle, like various things, including the acid. So um, they say um, for the acid point, like sodium bicarbonate does as well. Um, there's equivalent effect for that. Cool. How often are you training? What do you do, Sinead? How often are you training and what are you taking? <laughs> um, I'm definitely I'm, I'm a weekend warrior I'm definitely not an athlete athlete I, I just have fun um but I so I do CrossFit um so I um I will train six times a week um always have Sunday off um and uh so yeah so I, I tend to train in the morning and now because I have my business and I have a bit more time I get to go back um and do like play with some other things in the day sometimes which is is quite good fun um so yeah, I guess I do like one to two hours, one to two hours a day um, of, of uh, whatever the awesome programming is at, at Thames that week, um, uh, which is the gym I go to. Um, and yeah, that, that tends to be what I do. I used to I used to be a swimmer, um, and I keep saying I'm going to take up running. Um, haven't actually done anything about it yet, which I realise. Do, do you like running or? No. So I love swimming. I love rowing. Um, I used to kayak a lot as well. And I still love a, a rowing machine. <laughs> um, and I love cycling. Um, I used to cycle as well. Um, uh, I currently don't have a bike. So that's inhibiting me there. Um, and um, it upsets me that I don't, I've never enjoyed running. Um, I've done a marathon once and I'm never going to do one again. Um, yeah, they're just I'll long, be- aren't they? They're just too long. <laughs> 
was really long. Um, and me being me, fell over on a water bottle halfway through. And, oh, dull. Uh, so, yeah, um, as you do, because I wasn't looking where I was going, which is standard. Um, so they're definitely not doing that again. But it upsets me that I don't enjoy running. So I keep saying I'm going to run until I like it. Um, but, oh, um, wow. That's good head strength, let me tell you. That's why I was going to ask. Like I, as, like, I actually can just, I can just go and run and, like, run for however long. And it's just, it's for me, like, it's just like a nice kind of mental release. But I know, and so obviously, I, I guess, like, not that I would call myself like a runner because I don't go and run all the time, but I find it pretty easy to do and I enjoy sprinting and I enjoy kind of all aspects of running. So, but I know that some people hate it. So that's why I'm just interested to find out why it is you want to do it if you're not a, if you don't particularly like it. Cause if I'm, if I don't like something, I'm like, yeah, meh, that's me done. <laughs> don't need to do that anymore. I think I'm just really stubborn. I'm like, but I want to like it. I, I want to just like put a pair of shoes and run and I like and because like, I love walking and like hiking and stuff like that and I, I want that kind of like you say that sort of almost like headspace time because I get that from swimming um again and so, but swimming just see, is quite a lot of effort well yeah the whole yeah. bit yeah 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 <laughs> Um, even though once I go, I love it. And that's my release. Like if I swim, that's where I put the world to rights in my head. Um, and I really want to do the same with running. Um, so I need to try. I need to try. <laughs> now I've said it. I've, I've got yeah, to do you it. you said it now. I'm going to get you back on in six months yeah. and be like, how's the running going, Sinead? <laughs> like, um, so, I came, so I went on holiday to New Zealand as soon as I quit my job. And um, I said, when I come back from New Zealand, I'm going to run twice a week and I'm going to swim once a week. So far, I've been on one run and one swim. <laughs> so, did, you, did you run in New Zealand? Um, did I did I run in New Zealand? Um, I did a bit actually. Yes, um, I did. I um, I was just in Auckland. I went for my friend's wedding, um, but I did actually run run there. I had a couple of days in the city. Um, I could use that as my way to like get around and see everything quickly. Yeah, that, and that's that's what I love about running. If I have time, if I'm traveling for work, and if I have time, I'll put on my running shoes and just go like for an early morning run or whatever. Um, but I, I, the reason why I asked you about New Zealand is because I was I went traveling there for about five or six weeks when I was about twenty four, I think. And I used to just put on my running shoes and just, I was just traveling by myself. So I would kind of just go and run for like an hour and a half or whatever. I was on a serious budget. So I came back a string bean because I was literally <laughs> eating tuna and crackers. So much running. Like I did so much running, <laughs> ate hardly anything. And I was like, oh, who is this person? I wouldn't recommend that to anyone, by the way, in case you get any ideas. That and HMB, don't just start. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I got from that podcast is uh, this is how you get <laughs> Don't do that, people. Oh, Sinead, this has been so, so good. And just listening to all of that detail and also kind of seeing how your brain works, even from the point of me going, oh, I get this. And you're going, oh, maybe it's this, 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 this. <laughs> Sorry, I've got such a like, I've got such a like scatty brain no 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 but that's just how that's how you're thinking were and it's just it was just really cool to kind of to kind of see that but oh just so much information and so much knowledge and so much smart talk as well just because we can just get caught up in so much rubbish around food and, and and nutrition and and kind of what it does for our for our bodies but any anything else you want to add before we finish i also want you to let people know how they can get in touch with you and how they can work with you if they would like to. So any points you want to finish on and, and yeah, how can, how can people find out more about you? Um, I guess my only thing is enjoy food. 
Um, you know, so much of a focus is put on food. And obviously, you know, from a, sort of a, a UK perspective, you know, obesity is a growing crisis, etc. But but food should still be fun. Um, it's a big social thing as well. And and know what you're putting in your body, but do enjoy it as well, I think, is is it is important. Um, and have fun with it. Um, so that's probably my parting word. They want to put you in, in, in like a... A block, don't they? Not, not blocks, not the word I'm looking for. But they, yeah, I guess I want to pigeonhole you into some kind of food thing. So people are like, Justin, how do you see food? How do you see food? And I'm like, well, like you know, like it's for, you know, for me, what I put into my body means kind of you know how I perform and they're like all right so food is fuel to you and I was like no I freaking love food like it's not you know people want to like pigeonhole you into like what how do you think about food or what is your view of food or like I'll be in a supermarket and I remember that I saw this client once she's peering in my basket I was like get your nose out of my basket she was like oh why do you have that in there I was like never you mind get lost because I want to eat it God's sake. Anyway, but yes, because that's something actually that you didn't say that we, we spoke about before we started recording that you're also very much a foodie. So I think that's just a really nice combo that you, you know, look at the science behind it, but you're also like, but this stuff needs to taste good, which is a really nice marrying of the two. Yeah. And it's got to be practical as well. You know, it's got to be whatever's going to work with your lifestyle, make the best of everything. Um, so yes, that's my main thing. Enjoy food. Enjoy food. Eat well. Um, <laughs> and yeah, and so if if people want to get in touch um, or work with me, um, Feed Fuel Perform is um, my uh, my nutrition coaching business. Um, so if you Google Feed Fuel Perform, you'll get my website, and I'm on Instagram as at sinead.feedfuelperform um, as well. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. Any thoughts on? Uh, on, on anything I've written or any questions or or any debates I love a good debate um definitely very 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 much love to hear from you <laughs> brilliant Sinead you have been awesome thank you so much and I'm sure that we will get you back on the show at a later stage and just uh, just talk more food and science <laughs> excellent no no thanks so much for having me Joss uh thanks Sinead and I'll see you soon come to my yes. class by the way Monday oh, no, nights I- baby <laughs> I, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come Monday. I am gonna come okay. Monday. I'm sorry. Oh no, actually, I'm away Monday, so not that one. Not that oh, one. Okay. In a couple of weeks. I'll come another Monday. I'll come another Monday. <laughs> cool. Thanks. All right, my love. Lots of love, and I'll see you soon. See you soon. Bye. Bye.